You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio. And now time for the Classic Car Show with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show. And uh, best I can figure, we're missing one person at the round table, Mr. Ronaldo. Uh, the Brill Cream Kid. The Brill Cream yeah. Kid. He's coming back from the uh, buzzard breath. The buzzard didn't get him? Touring region, I believe. Is, isn't that it? I, uh, I think that's what it is. If yeah. you say he, so, brother. He was down in Florida, down, down in Ormond Beach, the birthplace of speed. And uh, that just goes to show how liberal Florida is. They'll let anybody in. <laughs> we have a very special guest yes. on, and this, this is going to be fun because we don't, uh, other than Kim Barnes that does the show for us once in a while, we don't really get to talk with or interview that many women <clears throat> that are involved in the classic car slash automobile slash hobby slash business. Do, can I slash it with anything else, Joe? Uh, I think you've slashed you it think enough. I've slashed yeah. enough. Well, anyway, so we've got on today the, uh, what would you call her, a nominee? A nominee, nominee for the for AACA Board of Directors. Like Steve, like Steve when, in fact, no, they, she's a lot better looking than Steve. I know, but Me- Megan, do you know Steve Ronaldo? I've heard of him. I, I I don't know that we're personally acquainted, but I definitely have heard his name. Okay, have you been to a uh, a national meeting in February? Oh yes, of course. Have mm-hmm. you seen a guy running around there sometimes with either a peculiar hat or? A hat that looks like a lobster, or a hat with reindeer antlers on it. I do remember a guy with a with an interesting hat. Yeah, so that must be him. That's him. <laughs> Either that or his twin brother guy. Yeah, well, I don't think he's got one of those. Well, Megan, welcome to the show. I, I'm thank so, you. I'm sorry, Steve's not here. As I mentioned, he's on the buzzards breath region tour they just wrapped it up yesterday I yeah guess. it sounded like a lot of a lot of fun i had a, a couple friends that are on it as well yeah apparently uh they did a lot down in ormond beach which as i mentioned was the birthplace of speed back in the early 1900s so he um, was all excited about it when i talked to him on the phone yesterday so i'm sure we'll get a report the next uh, time he's on the show with us now you are running for the board, and the club has got a lot of things going on. Uh, the big thing, of course, is the acquisition of the new building for the new headquarters. I talked to Mr. Moskowitz yesterday, uh-huh. or day before yesterday, and uh, he asked me to make a public service announcement for him. Certainly. Don't call Steve Moskowitz. He's too busy to talk to you. <laughs> well, did you tell him his name came up last week when we interviewed the chairman of the Boca Raton Concours? And Steve's going to be down there as a special uh, guest or MC, I believe, too. I think so. that's just to escape uh, Hershey. Hershey in the yeah. wintertime? In the wintertime <laughs> and then with all that's going on. As yeah. Well, now, Steve is... is a super, super nice guy. Yes, he's done a lot for the club. And, uh, Megan, we wish you the best in the election. Uh, Thank you. You certainly, we've got your bio here in the magazine. 
and uh, you certainly appear well qualified. What I'd really like to talk to you about, though, is cars, and then we can go back and, and, and talk about Megan, if you don't mind. But uh, what what are your favorites? Oh, I get asked this question all the time. Okay. I'm not just trying to pick a favorite kid. I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of different favorites, and, it, you know, I think that, I don't want to say they changed, but, you know, growing up, I grew up with a dad that was very much into muscle cars and GM muscle cars, so that was kind of all I knew for a long time. But since I've gotten older, I've, I've developed a real, a real love for uh, pre-war cars, so pre-war, the big the big C's, as we call them, full classics. Mm-hmm. And then I think that, you know, everybody at some point in time should probably own a Cobra. So I really like things that are really fast or really slow or really big or really light. So <laughs> okay. I think if I had to, I think if I had to pick... You know, I'll say a couple because I can't narrow it down to one, but I'd love to have a, a you know, Murphy body Duesenberg, and I'd love to have a small block 63 Cobra. Oh, my. Boy, that is quite a spectrum, but I've got to tell you, <laughs> the the Murphy Coach Works, their cars are absolutely drop-dead gorgeous. And uh, do you know much about that? Or I bet you do know much about the history of Murphy in, they were in Pasadena, California, if I remember correctly. And uh, they really, I, I'm not sure, did Gordon Baring work for them at one time? Do, do you happen to remember that? Or? I don't remember that part. I don't I don't think so, but I could be yeah. wrong. I'm sure there's some Duesenberg guy out there listening. Yeah. Uh, gonna, yeah, well. Going to correct you guys. <laughs> yeah, well, the experts, Randy Ema. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think he's up yet this morning because he, he it's lives pretty early for him. Yeah, it's Southern California. It's still five o'clock in the morning out there. Well, you, you've really kind of uh, hit a broad spectrum with the small block Cobra and uh, Murphy Duesenberg. A friend of mine and I owned CSX thirty two oh seven at one time for a brief period of time, but that was a big block and it was a it was a four twenty eight, not a four twenty seven. So. I know what you mean when you talk about muscle and those cars. Now, part of your life, I understand you did some drag racing. Yes. Is uh, and what what did you drag race? A nineteen sixty eight Chevrolet Camaro. Oh wow! Big block or small block? Small block. It has a three twenty seven. Okay. And. Anything I had a 347. No, 327. Oh, 327. Yeah, yeah I had a 347 in my Impala. But anyway, that has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Back to the 327. Yeah. Uh, what, came, that came out in what, 60? 327s were in Corvettes in, uh, what was it, mid-60s? They were also that, in That in came Impala's. out, Megan? Um I think 65. 65 was 65? the first year of the 327? Yeah, okay. So did you have a four-barrel on it, or what What, what kind of carburetor? Oh, yeah, it has a Holly four-barrel on it. I still have the car. I'm, um, oh, wow. I haven't drag raced it for a while. My idea now is I want to put it back on the street, so that's kind of where where I'm at with it now. Uh, it did so we can enjoy it, and my, my <laughs> husband can enjoy it, my mom can enjoy it, and everybody can enjoy it. Oh, so four on the floor? Hearst? No, it actually, um, drag racing had an automatic in it, but it was like one that um, is built that you still had to shift it, but you didn't have to clutch it. So, ah, was it a power glide? 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. did you did you tour with it at all? I'm just around Ohio. It's set up mostly for eighth mile tracks. We have a track about two miles from our house. Oh. That, yeah. Okay. So that was kind of how it started. Huh? So that track yeah. was open from 57 to 77, which my dad restarted during that time period. And then it reopened in 1994. Okay. And it, when it reopened, it reopened as an eighth mile track. It was actually an old airport. So it was an airport sometimes and a drag strip sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I, I grew up uh, south of Amarillo, but, I, you know, you didn't live for anything but Sunday morning at the Amarillo drag strip. And we would leave and party Friday night and Saturday morning, then get serious Saturday as the races started and then... Then the eliminations and uh, then the finals on Sunday. And that was in your Pontiac no, GTO? No, that was, uh, well, yeah, I took it up there. I took my Impala up there a few okay. times, but it was normally somebody else. And you'd spend Saturday afternoon trying to hook up with a friend to tow you back to Lubbock. Because <laughs> you... Inevitably, you left something on the track yeah. that you didn't mean to leave. <laughs> Did that ever happen to you, Megan? Oh, a few times. I think that's part of drag racing. For yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. And I, I actually, I think much to my dad's chagrin, I enjoyed when we broke something because then we could, like, spend the whole week fixing something and that I thought was just as much fun. But You're a sick lady! <laughs> It wasn't as much fun, I think, for the banking side of the operation. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah, yeah. My chief financial officer has pretty good control over me. But uh, we used to run at Cahokia, Missouri, which was an eighth mile, and then Cordova, Illinois. So, you know, I never never went to an eighth mile. All of ours was quarter mile. Yeah. Well, and now, what is it? Now they're down to 1,000 feet, aren't they, Megan? With the, with yeah, I've heard about that. I think yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, with the big stuff. So that, yeah, I mean, I mean our, ours turned into an eighth mile because the end of the drag strip slash airstrip goes into a swamp. So between 1977 and 1994, the end of the track had basically completely deteriorated to the point where it was fine for a friend for shutoff area, but not fine for racing anymore. So. Yeah, wow. So did you ever did you ever take your Camaro to a uh, quarter mile? I didn't, know nope, because, I mean, the way we have it set up with the gearing and stuff, it's set for, it's set for eighth mile. I mean, we, we kind of talked about it, but honestly, you just we never did. I mean, there's tons of eighth mile tracks around us. We're really lucky. We've got huh. hmm. a lot of drag strips in Ohio and, and in um, western Pennsylvania, but we never okay, now yeah, we never is, ventured outward. It's hard, it's hard to go to places when you've got one two miles away. You know? yes, this is yes. a stupid question, but how did the NHRA integrate an eighth and a quarter because you know you'd be doing great if you did a quarter and six and what would you do an eighth then how many seconds oh in an eighth like 720s okay what well, what gear so were i you guess I, I somehow had it figured out back then that i would do like 10 30s and a quarter i'm not sure how i did the math but i remember i always used to tell people that so yeah <laughs> so how, how did i this this is messing up my head because all i ever dealt with was quarters so how did how did nhra deal with putting the eighth mile drag strip in with the quarter mile 
Well, I think that a big part of it was they're not um, an insurance tracks, they're IHRA tracks, at yes. least they were back then. So yes. yeah. I don't know if that plays a big role in it, too. Yeah, there were some quarter-mile IHRA, too, and I think Cordova, Illinois, was that. But uh, uh, they ran separate plus classes. It's all just, plus it's all just bracket racing. I mean, it's yes, not. Yes, sure. Yes. So, so did Big Daddy ever run in uh, an eighth mile? I doubt it. Uh, he probably, he, yeah, he ran an eighth, but he it became a quarter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did it in two eighths. Yes, yeah. So, um, were you running what five eighty six rear gear? Does that sound right? Um, I don't remember offhand. I know we had a different, a few different combinations yeah. for sure. That was one of the. It was one of the items that seemed to like to grenade a lot, so we would yeah. be changing that. I feel like a couple of times a season. So. Uh huh. Yeah, I, I I can remember that. There's nothing like laying underneath a car, doing that when it's on jack stands, and then two of you trying to pick it up and get it hooked up again. Oh yeah. man, that's just that's kind of like a nightmare. Um, we're going to come right back. We're going to take a little break right now, so uh, stay with us, Megan, and, and we'll be back in a minute. Hello, my name is Kyle Hayes, a motorsports student at Alfred State College. Every year, Alfred State students compete in the Great Race, which is a cross-country time endurance rally for vintage vehicles. As you can imagine, it's pretty costly. I'm asking for your help. Your donation can make it possible for these students to live their passion and promote the vintage automobile industry. Please visit our site at give.alfredstate.edu and search Great Race to learn more and help us reach our goal. Thank you. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about anti-car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back on the Classic Car Show with a very special guest and much more attractive than many of our guests. So, you know, I, I hate to say this, but, but some of our guests are really not that attractive. And uh, we've got a very attractive young lady, Megan Boyd, on, and she is running for the AACA board, and we wish her the best. And uh, and, and she's a car girl, or a car a, guy, or a car and, person. Uh, like I said earlier, I have no Russian connection. I got a lot of Texas connections. Uh, if that'll help you, any. <laughs> well, Megan, you're back with us. I hope. I am here. Okay. Uh, 
you seem to have an affinity for pre-war Fords, and uh, I, I guess you just you you had one you just sold, which yes. brings tears yes, just, to my eyes. Yeah, we just sold one. We were talking about another commercial break. I just sold a 1932 Ford Victoria. Mm. And it was a, a barn find in the truest sense of the word. If you were at, at Hershey, I had it there, and a lot of people came and saw it and looked it over and took pictures of it, and I just um, recently sold that car and delivered it last week. Wow. Okay, I, I just You just said something that, that brought a question to mind, because I, I don't have any idea. When did Ford and or other manufacturers start naming their cars? Like Just like you said, Ford Victoria... Uh, well, that was a know. body style. Well, okay, but when did they, they start that? Because it was Model A, Model T, and, and then... Oh, well, it would be a Model B, technically, or a Model 18 or a Model B. But when did they 32? start attaching the, the Victoria and different names to them? Oh, I'd say very early on. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, you can think back in the teens, and they had, you know, touring bodies and closed cabs, so... That'd be, you know, pretty early on. But I think as far as, you know, what you're thinking, like Fairlane, you know, naming things like Fairlane and stuff outside of outside of numbers and letters, that began in the, the early 40s. Yeah. So after, post-war? Just pre-war. pre-war. Yeah, early, for, well, you know, 41 they stopped production, so oh, okay. it would be 46. Were they, did they build any in 45, Megan? I don't remember. There were a few cars that were, were built during the war. I mean, yeah. obviously, most of them were for the war effort, but there were definitely, you know, a few cars. I recently saw the thing goes a 42 Oldsmobile, so that was kind of neat. You know, oh. definitely rare. Yes. Do you know if all uh, manufacturers followed suit with naming their car, like the Oldsmobile Star or whatever? Well, well it was Delta 88. 98, Delta 88. Super 88 and 98. Yeah. 98, whatever it was. Yeah. 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 I mean, they all followed suit definitely in terms of the the body styles, you know, but I, I think they all had their own kind of, you know, different low, mid, and high-range lines for sure. Yeah, with, with separate designations. And mm-hmm. Well, okay, let, let's go back and talk about early Fords. So, you also have a 1946 Ford Woody. And yes. Tell me, about, is, it, is it still factory body, or have you had to do a lot of woodwork on it, or where, where are you No, at? it's actually, it's all original. Wow. I, you know, let's, i got to start off by saying my early Ford obsession, love, whatever we want to call it, comes from my husband. That's something that definitely entered the picture when he entered the picture, because like I said, I was raised a GM muscle girl, so this is a, <laughs> a stark departure that he's taught me about, but wow. I've, I've taken to him pretty good, and I really like him, so. Yeah. Good! And, and I like him, too. I like him and the cars both. You, yeah, you initially didn't buy into the fixer repair daily, huh? Uh, oh, gee. <laughs> yeah. I still have my, I still have some, I still have a little bit of concerns, but I, I'm getting over my time passes. But anyways, back to the Woody. Yeah. It's a 46 Ford Woody, and it is all original, and, I, and I'll kind of explain that out a little bit. It does have the original wood on it. Wow. Um, it has the original sheet metal on it. It's just at some time, probably in the last, I'm going to say, 20 years, yeah, probably in the last 20 years, someone redid the wood. They didn't take it off the body. But they um, like bleached it and restained it, revarnished it, so it's it's absolutely beautiful. Wow. But then the sheet metal on the is original, so original paint, original dents, original dings, everything like that. When we got the car, it had the original roof on it and had the original interior. 
But Holy we were smoke. planning to take a cross-country trip, and the roof had a few small tears in it, and we knew that it would never make the trip. And we didn't want to ruin the wood on the trip or get wet and get everything inside the car wet, so we had the top replaced before we took the trip. Now, did you go to LeBaron Bonnie? Or did they have the top, or, or did somebody else do the top? That's where we, we did order from LeBaron Bonnie. We ordered, you just order the material. Right. And it's a whole big thing. It's, you know, you got to get the small grain or this large grain, and there's a lot of discussion in the Woody Circle about which is proper, so you have to figure all that out. And then um, we had our local upholstery shop, Jan Rolls at Taylor Trim, who does fantastic work. He did the top for us there. Beautiful. Megan, how, how do you, besides garaging, how how do you maintain, or do you have to do anything special to maintain due to humidity or anything else? Uh, in well, we definitely try to keep it in a, a climate-controlled area, you mm-hmm. know, 365 days a year, because we, we do live here in Ohio, and you don't want it just in a, in a cold barn or something like that. And then there is some, um, you, there are places you have to touch up once in a while, you know, that maybe you need... A little bit of varnish, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So, what's the and history? And then we also are careful not to leave it in any old, old barns because we've got a few of those, and you don't want any of the. Um, they call them like those post hole bugs. You have to be really careful that the car doesn't get those because then yeah. it's done. <laughs> oh yeah, that'd be a termite's delight. Um, yeah. <laughs> what's What's the history of the car? You know well, it? we got the car out of the Nick Alexander collection. I don't oh, know if you guys remember. Oh, I but do. The big Ford dealer in L.A. Yeah. Yeah, so back about, oh, it's been almost 10 years ago now, he sold a giant collection of Woody's mm-hmm. with um, RM70s. We used to be RM auctions back then. Right. And this was actually one of the cars that he kept, and he did not sell them at sale. And then a few years later, um, my husband and him had been in contact, and he said, you know, I'm thinking about getting rid of this car, and... Through a, through a process, we ended up with it, and we just, we love it. It's completely stock, and we've driven it across the country. So we drove it on the, the Lincoln Highway Cross Country Tour back in 2013. Wow. Now, so it's just got the old single carburetor and the stock heads and everything. Manual, you know, yeah. the not no electric fan. Right. Still six volt, the whole, the whole nine yards. Oh, but my one, gosh. one thing that it does have that's pretty awesome. It has a Columbia rear end in it. Ah, the two speed rear end. Beautiful. Yeah. So you can cruise. How does it how does it take to ethanol? (laughs) Well we try to not buy ethanol, but I'll tell you I'll tell you our secret. Well everybody on there our secret now. Well it wasn't our secret, it was someone else's secret, so I don't mind telling it so much. But um, we try to not buy ethanol fuel, but some places you go, especially when you're touring across the country. They, that's all they have, you know, and when right. you need gas, you need gas. And there's some states like Colorado that have extremely high percentages of ethanol fuel. And we met this guy when we were driving to Colorado, and he was driving an old Hudson, and you could tell that he drove it all the time, you know. I don't know, maybe not during the giant snowstorms there, but, you know, my husband said to him, how do you, how do you deal with this fuel? Because he's just the same gas station we were. And he said, well, he says, I fill it up with the gas, and then I put a gallon of diesel in it. And that gives it, you know, that extra little punch of combustion it needs. And he he knew he knows what he was talking about. It works really well. We've actually done it several wow. times since then. It, now I've never heard that. I have never heard that either. Is it the low sulfur diesel you have to put in it, or you just put any diesel in it? You just pull up to the diesel pump and you put a gallon <laughs> of it in and you fill up the tank. Megan, you've made my day. That's that's wonderful. 
I know. Yeah. Yeah. We've been doing this show for many, many years, and, and many times our topic has been ethanol. The, the destruction that ethanol causes in everything. Yeah. And uh, we've had, we in fact, just a couple of weeks ago, we had a, a gentleman on from Bell Performance, uh, and they have a uh, ethanol uh, fighter or whatever. Uh, and I've, we got to run this by James. I've never, nobody's yeah. ever mentioned. No, that. no, that's it's wonderful. And here in in Georgia, we finally have stations that will pump low octane non ethanol fuel. And the reason why is for all the farm equipment and all the lawnmowers and weed whackers and everything around here. But Megan. It's like thirty cents a gallon more than the cheapest eighty-seven octane gas here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, we're lucky here where I live. We have two gas stations locally that, that do carry it. So if you're going north, you can hit one going towards Ken, or if you're going east, there's one out towards Melbourne. So wow. I agree, it is it, it is a little bit cheaper, but yes, I don't know. I, I think it runs fifteen to thirty cents more around here too. Yeah. Okay. Now I, I've got a question for you. Now, knowing knowing Jim like I know Jim and knowing me like I know me, you'll never see Jim and his wife under the hood, nor will you see my wife. She doesn't even know there is a hood. Uh, But anyway, uh, that ain't going to happen. But your husband's into cars, and you're into cars, so do you all... Now, this sounds sort of like a nasty question, but it's not meant to be a nasty question. Well, don't ask it then. Well, I was just going to ask if, if you all are ever under the hood together. All the time. Yeah. All the time. Yeah, yeah we work we work side by side for sure. And, hey, um, who's the boss under the hood? Well, <laughs> it, depends on which, it depends on which car we're working on. We'll oh, say it that way. Okay, uh, yeah, that's... So that's that I, I, learned, I learned pretty early on in life, I'm, you know, I was pretty good at holding the light and pretty good at handing the tools. So, yeah. But I, I've actually progressed past that. And now my mom, she comes and holds the light for me, which is really nice. Oh, uh, so. that's, that's great. <laughs> so so do, you, do you or your husband specialize in anything? Like, are you in charge of the carburetor and he's in charge of the... Of the uh, generator back then, I guess. Yeah, or the ignition. Or, no, I mean that's a good idea. Though maybe we should divide it up. Though I think that uh, would, you know, we maybe we maybe sometimes under the hood we'd get along better if we declared some areas. But um, no, we don't really have any specifics that we're in charge of. We just both pitch in and and try to get things done. Especially you know when we're on these these big cross country tours because there's a lot of a lot of maintenance and a lot of prep and even some repair that goes into them but so do you all I really have... I, do, I do I enjoy working on cars and that was part of the stipulation going back to my drag racing days you know my dad said if you're going to be at this drag strip and you're going to race this car you're going to learn everything about it and how to work on it because as you guys know drag strips could be kind of rough places so you oh. got to learn to hold your own at them <laughs> oh yeah so do yeah. you have a do you and your husband have a double jeeper creeper <laughs> no, or a double. I guess cool. that'd be just, a double wide. We just have we just have a list, which I'm really thankful oh, for. Yeah, aren't they wonderful? Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's it's funny. I know exactly what you're talking about because Saturday nights could get a little rough at the drag strip, and and most of us carried an 18 inch breaker bar just for grins and giggles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, we were exactly. racing go karts one time out in the country in a gravel track in the midwest and the guy i was crewing with and his older brother was the cart champion and they got there was a little skirmish going on out there that 
Denny and I uh, got involved in, and we'll just leave it at that. So let's go back and talk about Fords again. You've got the Woody, the 46 Woody, and I believe you have a Model B Roadster. And we do. Yeah, but before we go with that, we're going to take another break, and then I want to come back and talk about the Model B Roadster. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. This is Lawyer Liz. Join me each week as we discuss drones, the Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back on the Classic Car Show with our very special guest today, Ms. Megan Boyd. And um, she uh, is the eighth of a mile dragster. I know. <laughs> Did you ever run a funny car? Or? No, but I'd love to. Oh, <laughs> Me- Megan, did, did the name Gas Rhonda uh, ring a bell with you? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I was a bit, I'm was i a big Cha-Cha Muldowney fan. Okay. All right. Well, Gas Ronda ran altered in flippers. You know what a flipper is? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people don't. <laughs> so, Well, you probably saw Big John Masmanian and Ohio George and all those guys in with the... Uh, oh, for, yeah, definitely, for sure. I mean, they're, the gassers are still huge in Ohio. There's, yeah. You know, they have a gas reunion here. It's yes. At, um, I think it's at Thompson. I've been did a few times, and... There's a lot of people in Ohio that are still, you know, building gas. There's gasers for the street, gasers for the strip. There's just lots and lots of gasers oh, still going on in Ohio. Yeah, my favorite gasser is a 55 Chevy. And uh, that's, to me, incredible. Uh, and, of course, everybody else probably ran willies with Hemis and big Oldsmobiles in them at the time. When I was growing up, all I remember is they had tires underneath the back fenders like a double-A fuel dragster. And those things that hook up and just go. So, Okay, let's talk about early Ford V8s. And you have a little different than an early Ford V8. You have a Model B Roadster, which, if memory serves me correctly, is a four-cylinder. It's not a four-cylinder, though. It's It's actually a hot rod. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, and it's it's definitely it's Henry Ford steel, so it's a real car. Beautiful. But it has it has a um, 
a 50 Ford. Actually, right now it has a 50 Mercury slotted in a V8. Mm-hmm. With a five-speed transmission. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's... So. A, yeah, so you can cruise in that without any issues. Yeah, it's a, it's a high boy, and it's a rumble seat car. We've actually, um, back when it was the 75th anniversary, we took it and we drove all the way from Ohio to California, up the coast of California, and all the way back to Ohio, and we were gone for about three weeks. Wow. Um, yeah. That's incredible. It was and a lot of fun. I assume juice brakes, probably yeah. Lincoln, 40 Lincoln in the front. Nope, they're just Ford. Just Ford? Okay. Yeah, and the, and the car's actually really, it's kind of, it's definitely, you know, it's special to us because of, we had some friends that back in the 50s, they decided to go to California to buy hot rods. So the first time they went was in 1957, and they brought back a 32 Roadster, and it was a full fender car. And then they went again in 59, and they brought back our Roadster, and then they went and get in 61 and brought back a Model A Roadster pickup. So wow. it's kind of neat that, you know, we have a, a connection to this car and it's with our, our friends and now it's ours. So, but I mean, a car's never yours. We're just a caretaker for it. So it, exactly. when we drive it around, people still say, oh, you, you've got Frank's car. So <laughs> forever it'll be Frank's car. <laughs> so is, is the hobby still all in the family? No, not really. That's the that's the weird thing about it. The um, the sons aren't aren't into cars, so we ended oh. up with this car, and then another friend of ours ended up with the other guy's thirty two, and the the third guy he still actually has his Lister pickup. So oh. now that's interesting. Why why did your why did your sons bail out of the hobby? You think? I don't know. I mean, that's the that's it's a good question. I mean, it's a question that I actually get asked a lot. You know, and. I have a lot of my dad's car friends. They have sons that have no interest in cars. They always joke and say that I'm the best car guy out of any of them these days. <laughs> <laughs> and they're probably right. Um, yeah. it, it, your Model B, is it a full fendered? No. No. Nope, it's a okay. high boy. Okay. All right. It's a high boy. I missed that. You, you said that earlier. I'm sorry. It went right over my head. That's okay. It's, it's red, and it has um, like a brown leather interior and a tan top. Were you at the Street Ride Nationals a few years ago with that car? Yes, we go every year. Uh, I've seen your car. Awesome. Yeah, I'm a high boy guy too. So, and it's um, it's got the original, original. Well, I don't know how you want to say it. Original 1950, late 50s, early 60s paint. And then um, when we got the car, it had been sitting for a long time. It torn apart since I don't know, probably the mid 60s, and we got it. Um, in 2000, well, it was 2007, so um, just in time for the anniversary, and it didn't have doors, so we had to get doors for it, so we had to, of course, paint those, and then we completely went through the chassis as well, just because it used to at one time have a Hemi in it, so that wow. we had to kind of do some reparations, and yeah, I went out to see Vern Chardell out in California. Oh, did you? A new, wow. A new K member for it, and we actually... After we drove, we drove to the L.A. Roadster Show. This all was in 2009 then. So in 2009, we drove out to the L.A. Roadster Show. We drove up the coast of California, and we went to visit Vern because I wanted to show him the car that I was buying all these parts for. <laughs> so that was fun to have the car there at the ranch. Yeah, so, he, he is he is the high boy man. He, in fact, I've got a, he's got one or two books out. I know I have one of them on building a high boy. So how deep 
do you go into it, Megan? Uh, as far as repairing or working on on one of your cars, will will you rebuild the transmission or the rear end or anything like that, or, or do you? It's you definitely rebuild rear ends, but I, I don't really get into transmissions. I have one of my best friends; he has a transmission shop, so works out kind of good for us. You know, he's he's there to do all the transmission work. Um, we've I've definitely done a lot of engine work on the drag cars with my dad. Now with the flatheads, Matt, Matt does work on those. Um, we don't really rebuild them because it's just, you know, you get you need a lot of specialized tools and machining equipment. But we've got a great guy actually down in the, down outside of Atlanta that rebuilds our flat our flatheads for us. His name is um, Putt Smith, and he's he's awesome. So so what do you think about lifting the hood of a new car today? If if mine is having starter problems. Uh, are you going to jump in and fix it? Do you have the computer in your back pocket? <laughs> well, first you can't even find the engine. You can't yeah. even see it in there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we do. We do have, uh, my husband does work on some late haul stuff. So we do have a scanner, and, you know, we do from time to time have to tackle issues like that. Um, we have a, a great 7.3 diesel Ford. It's been a great truck for us. We actually had to plug it in a couple weeks ago, and, figure out what was going on with it but it, it's nice to have those new tools for sure but it's even nicer just to be able to get out some wrenches and fix the car don't, yeah. you, don't you, you know I, i've brought this up before but one of my favorite things on when i was working on my own cars and stuff i still love the timing light am i i, I think i'm addicted to it maybe that was my lsd or something you know that, that was definitely one of my favorites as a child i thought we always needed to time things because i just love that but yeah well, you haven't had to use one for a long time you know kind taking the distributor and twisting it and watching the timing light change you know? yeah yeah the flashing yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. the red Step on one maybe we'll maybe we'll have to get that out today just for fun <laughs> What your seven three diesel? What year is it? For it's a two thousand. Okay, all right. So it's, it's been a, it's been a great truck for us. And, yeah. um we had a problem last week, and it ended up being something really, really silly. We thought we had a problem with the injectors, and here is an injector diesel module that's over on the the driver's uh-huh. side inner fender well, wow. which is really fun to get to. But um, <laughs> we thought that we had a problem with that module, but here there just there was a wire that was going to the module. It goes across the valve cover on the driver's side. And here, I mean, it's a 2000, so it's 17 years old now. But um, the coating had worn completely off the wire, and the paint had worn completely off the valve cover. So it was bare, bare wire to bare metal. Uh-huh. So once we got that figured out, then we were good to go again. But that's isn't it amazing that you you kind of over diagnose something and it oh, turns out to be something he'd, he'd simple. Already, he'd already changed the module, and I mean, it was just yeah. a wire. But you know. It's one of those things that because it's 2017 in the world we live in, yeah. you, know, you just get on Google and you say "common problem on 7.3 diesel," yep. and it was one of the things that popped up. So now, was that a Ford diesel or an international diesel, the 7.3? I'm not, sure. I'm not sure. He's going to be mad when he listens to this, but I don't. I don't know which one it was. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. Well, don't tell him not to get mad because I didn't know it either. Okay, good. I, yeah, and I was in the business, so I can't. I'm gonna re- say I'm gonna say it's a Ford. I yeah. think, I'm pretty sure it's an actual Ford diesel because it's it's a great you know it's a great yeah. engine they built. But. Yeah, I've got a friend that's got a uh, 2002 with that engine in it. So, and uh, in fact, he bought it up in Northern Ohio. He 
he had a hard time finding one because he's old school like I am. Speaking of old school, you have a Chevrolet El Camino. I do. I have a 59, which was the first year for El Camino. Yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. I love yeah. it. Yeah. You know, today, David, you'd spend a quarter of a million dollars replacing the trim on that. You'd have to buy two or three <laughs> old ones, right? You're, you're 100% accurate. I wanted yeah. one for such a long time, and every one that we found was either missing all the trims or was, you know, a $75,000, you know, 348 with tri-power show car. So it took a long time. <laughs> to find this one. Oh, I know. I, I just, I was at Louisville, I'm going to guess four or five years ago with a friend of mine that's got a 32 two-door coupe, three-window coupe, and he's done a 50s period restoration, but he, he's done the SBC, the small block Chevy in it, and um, but he's still got the 39 transmission in it and he's got juice brakes Lincoln but anyway Gary and I were up there and he had a college roommate from Alabama that collected a couple of El Caminos and we looked at this El Camino and he looked at Gary and he says that's really three El Caminos it took three to make one <laughs> mm-hmm. I believe it because there's not like there's nothing that's reproduced for it unfortunately at the turkey rod run a few years ago a guy backed into the front of mine, oh. and when I went to get when it went to source parts, I realized that that wasn't happening. I was going to have to fix what we had. So, oh my, that that's a shame. Did he admit that he backed into you? Yeah, he was great about it. You know, and he, okay. he still apologizes when he sees me today. But <laughs> <laughs> he was in a '57 Chevy, so the oh. like the um, the passenger side, that rear fin, went right into the middle of my car. Oh my gosh! Oh dear. Yeah. Wow. Is there anything out there that you and your husband are looking for that you haven't found yet? Oh, I don't Besides know. Besides I mean, the Murphy of, We have a very diverse collection of cars, and that's something we kind of always joke about. You know, I've got the Woody. Yep. I've got the El Camino. We just bought our we bought our first big full classic, a 1933 Packard. So when you, when you look in our garage, you can't really figure out who lives at our house <laughs> Lots of things going on. But, um, you know, I think that the, the thrill for us is in the hunt of the cars. We yeah. love original cars, you know, and the Packard's about 80% original. And Beautiful. We're the owner of it, so we, we love the stories behind these cars. You know, it's just like Nick and the Woody and our 32 and the story and the, the 33 Packard, you know. It's just, I think we just kind of, you know, the thrill is in the hunt and coming across the things. It's kind of like the 32 Ford Victoria we sold, and then I have a, I guess we'd call it a sister to it. We have a 33 two-door sedan barn find right now that I that I have up for sale that came out of the same barn as the 32 Ford Victoria. Wow. So, wow. I mean, the thrill is in the hunt for us, for sure. Yeah. Well, so many collectors uh, do that, and it's just amazing. We will be right back. Please stay with us, Megan. This is fun, and David's going to take a break. Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. 
just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back on the Classic Car Show with uh, Megan Boyd on with us today. Yes, yeah. And having a good time. Megan wanted to, and and we we have dedicated this show basically to uh, getting young folks involved, and Megan wanted to talk about that. Yeah. Megan, uh, Steve... My cohort in crime here, I know when he was on the board, he spent a year in the kids' program, too. And uh, would you kind of elaborate where, you know, you want to go with this with the board if you're elected? Well, I think that it's really important that, obviously, we get younger people involved. And I shouldn't use the word important. I should use the word critical. It's very critical that we get some younger people involved in this hobby. And, you know, it's... You know, it's not that they're not interested. I just think that lots of times they need to be, you know, kind of harnessed and pointed in the right direction. And we we touched on a little bit earlier, just because your parents are car people doesn't necessarily get a guarantee that you're going to be a car person. And I have to say that, you know, lately that the kids that I've mentored, none of their parents have been car parents, which is, I think, you know, even more fun that they're getting into the hobby. But um, I think that you really need to get, get kids when they're, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old, kind of before they get to the distracted teenage years, because by then you've got a lot competing with you. So I think that it's important that we do more at car shows, Mm -hmm. more at, you know, both regional and national meets to to include these people. And I know that, you know, I have a a 12-year-old nephew who's done a lot with my husband and I. I mean, he's been on cross-country tours with us. He's been to car shows. He works in the garage with us, I mean, on an everyday basis. And I, I think that, you know, I hope that we're making a car guy out of him. But I think that, you know, if you can get them in that 10 to 12 age, that's when you can really capture their attention. So That's great. That, uh, there's some youth programs in AACA, if I remember rightly, and now there's some scholarships, too, that I believe. Yeah, there's some youth programs. There's some scholarships. Haggerty Insurance does a great job with kids' programs. They do the kids' judging at, you right. know, at lots and lots of concourses and events, you know, nationwide. Yeah. So there's definitely things that are happening out there. I just think we need to work on, you know, harnessing. And then and then also a lot of these kids that go through these programs, like I said, their, their parents aren't car parents. So I think we just need to do a better job of also, you know, including and encompassing them in, in, in activities. So. I agree 100% on that. And the other thing that uh, I, I think that AACA is doing that's wonderful, though, is the scholarship program for some of these kids that, uh, you know, spend a lot of time in the hobby and, and deservedly so. And I, I would hope that eventually that would expand so there'd be more scholarships available. And I know a couple of regions, I believe the one up in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, has got a pretty strong youth program. And yeah, I would definitely I would definitely like to see, you know, more, more chapters develop programs for the youth as well as more scholarships become available. And it not just, you know, not just scholarships to go on and do things in the analytic field, but just to do, you know, maybe you have a scholarship for people that are doing things with history, or maybe you have, you know, a scholarship for people that are doing things even with technology. But, you know, you can go lots of different directions with it. There's a, 
a great school. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. It's uh, called McPherson College, oh. and it's out in McPherson, <laughs> Kansas. And yes, we've had those folks on, and we also uh, numerous su- times support. Good. Uh, we also support Alfred State that has a, a very good program. Uh, good, good. Their, yeah, their kids are in. My husband and I have been fortunate to. Um, we've been out to visit McPherson, and we've also we've mentored a few kids through the program there. And I, I really, I can't say enough good about it. And I, I love what they teach, and I, I love the the product that comes out of there. And I think they're doing a great job. And I, I can't encourage you know people enough. You know, if you want to be, you know, serious in this automotive business, and you want to become more of a, you know, out of the hobby and into a business, you know, that's the you gotta you gotta go to a school like that. You know the other thing that we have supported, we started a, a tried to start a program that uh, that didn't go over so well, but uh, we still believe in it and still push the idea that there's nothing better than a than grandparents taking their grandkids to an auto museum. Yes, and. Um, we we support the museums. I think we've interviewed probably eighty five to ninety percent of the uh, auto museums across the country at one time or the other. And we certainly it's a great weekend. It's a great day uh, for grandparents to take their grandkids and and be with them and explain. You know, the, the grandkid, depending on how old they are, they're going to say, "What is that? What did that do?" And if the grandparent can say, "Well, I used to own one, or my father used to own one," and give it, put put some history with the present, and uh, no, I a hundred percent agree. I car museums are some of my favorite places in the you know in the world. But um, I think that you you hit on something really really important there. You know, if you if you get grandparents involved with kids, you know, and I, I've long said it, and I, I wish that it would become somehow a national thing, and I guess it's something I could work on, but if <laughs> every grandpa out there that has an old car took it to their kid's school for maybe, you know, one afternoon for the year, and let all the kids look at it, and let all the kids see it, you know, talk about, you know, let them sit in it and talk to them about it, I think that it would really, you know, it would really, really, really expand the collector car hobby, and it's you know, free. It's yes. free. You know, yes. in every in every city in every town, there's a grandpa out there with a car. You know, and maybe he doesn't even have a grandkid. Maybe he just you know has a neighbor kid that likes the car. But I think that you know, if we would work to get, you know, just maybe one afternoon a year for the schools to work with with us, it would be a great history lesson for the kids, and it would also show them what cars used to be like. Well, you know, I think uh, maybe I throw too many rocks, but one of the rocks that I throw is that uh, our our teaching of history today, my feeling is that the car made the United States, you know, period, end of statement. If we, if the car hadn't come along and the ability to take a weekend off or take a vacation and go from coast to coast or this or that, um, you know, and what Ford did during uh, World War II, the car is the United States. And then branched out to Europe and every place else. But uh, the importance of the car today is being overlooked as uh, well. It's a means to get from A to B, and you know, I it's don't. It's an care appliance. About. That's what I have yes. a lot of non-car friends tell me. Is it's just another appliance? Yeah, for them. it's a gasoline-powered computer, and that gets you somewhere. And, that's and I it. agree. You know, and I thought of that. I was just thinking the same thought that you that you were just speaking on the other day. I'm trying to remember why, but. You know, after the after the Continental, you know, railroad was completed, 
you know, it's great. You could travel coast to coast on a train, but then once the car came along, I mean, it just really, really, really revolutionized the way we travel. You know, if you visit, on some of the tours we've been on, we stopped at the Kearney Archway Museum, and you watch how the pioneers used to trek west in their wagon trains, and oh my gosh, I mean, if you really, it's a great museum if you have the opportunity to stop in Kearney, Nebraska, the Arch Museum that goes over Route 80. But um, it really goes to show you, you know, how, how rough it was back in the, you know, just barely, you know, 100, 150 years ago compared to now. You just, you get in your car, you set on the cruise control, and you turn on the air conditioning, and you drive to California without even thinking about it. <laughs> but people don't even think, too, you know, you expand. You went from the car to the delivery pickup or whatever that you had, and, the, and then all of a sudden you had trucks. We wouldn't be eating today if it wasn't for the trucks. Yes. Right. And it's all its all part of the of the history of transportation. And, you know, unfortunately, our kids today are taking them for granted. They, they don't think where that box of cereal came from. It just appears in the kitchen. Well, and, <laughs> and one of these days, they're not even going to have to learn how to drive. Yeah, and, and, oh, and amazingly. That breaks my heart. I bet there's, yes. well, I know for Jim and myself, and I've just got this sneaky feeling because I'm very astute individual, that Megan couldn't wait to get... In fact, I bet she probably didn't wait to get her driver's license before she was driving a car. And yet today, kids... I, I have a nephew. He didn't give a damn about getting his driver's license. As far I as counting, I was concerned, I was he was counting down the days from the time I turned 12 to the time I was 16. Yeah. I mean, and you had to get it. And I, and I bet, like, was I right or wrong that your dad let you drive before you ever got your driver's license? Oh, for sure. We, we, I mean, we have a farm, so that was definitely, it yeah, wasn't really an option. It was more of a necessity. Yeah, that's, yes. uh, that's yes. a, I learned, uh, we used to go out to our farm, and uh, I, at first when I was too short to, well, I'm still too short to touch it up. But anyway, <laughs> uh, my, I'd sit in my dad's lap and steer and as we drove around our farm and stuff. Yeah. Now that's, I mean, that. I mean, I have a, you know, I have a one year old daughter, Royce, and um, she obviously has no idea what's really going on, but she loves steering wheels. You get her in the, you know, you get her in the truck or something, and she just wants to stand in your lap and hold that steering wheel. And yesterday I had a tractor out, and I had her on it with me, and she just, you know, gets on that steering wheel and moves it back and forth like crazy. And she's I mean, one, year, w- one year old? Yeah, one year old. Oh, I've got a three month old granddaughter. I guess I'm going to have to. Start. Well, get yeah. started. I've oh, got yeah. a six-week-old grandson. Well, if we're gonna, what is this turning into? Uh, we're gonna make a car. Hour? No, we're gonna make them car people. Oh, this yeah, is, we're, that's what I said. You know, we're if devising not ways. Have car people out there. I'm gonna have to have some kids or something. Yeah, you know? yeah, we're gonna raise them, David. <laughs> so, my daughter-in-law may have a problem with it, but I'm not going to. So, well, Megan, what have we missed? Anything? I think we've hit. I think we've hit all the highlights. I mean, I I think that you know we had a lot of fun today talking about my talking about my cars and talking about kids and cars. Like I said, I think that's just really important that we all we all work together to get more kids into cars. Yes, and I and think not just you know, and I you know, I I also want to add that, and not just into American cars. You know, there's a lot of kids that are into the foreign cars, and that's fine with me because they're into cars. You know, everybody's right. got their own thing. So, well, and they uh, cars. I mean, there, there's stuff today that's that's made that's faster than what we had growing up. I mean, when you take a look at some of the engines in the K 
Camaros and in the Corvettes and in the Ford Mustangs and the Chrysler products. Good God, those things are monsters. Okay, this I know, one. and they're just and they hook up their computers to tune them. That's what that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Megan, this is your challenge. You mentioned that you and your husband. It's the thrill of finding it. Okay, here's your assignment. Uh oh. And the and the first thing you got to keep in mind is that I'm very poor. That's the first <laughs> thing. The second thing that we're looking for is that as a fool, number one fool in the country, I sold my 1967. Austin Healey Mark III 3000. So, and it was a barn find of sorts back when I bought it in uh, 70. Um, but anyway, so your assignment is to find me an affordable, you know, it's like the people have been dead for three years and and the janitor doesn't know what to do with the car or something. I don't know. Yeah, so, they just want to get rid of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You got it. You got it. That's it. That's yeah, it. Uh, so it's a 67. I'd prefer English racing white with black interior. And, oh, uh, wow. We oh, even have color preferences. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah I mean, it, hell, as long as you're having a dream, you might as well have a big one. You know? <laughs> but, <laughs> this is a nightmare. But, <laughs> but uh, would you give me a call when you all find that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll call you when I find that. I, you know, if I find a red one, I won't call for sure. <laughs> oh, go ahead. I might be. My arm might be twisted. Okay. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, we we had the big Atlanta Conquer here a couple of weeks ago, and David went out and looked at the cars, and there were some Heelys that he likes a lot, and. Uh, the judges came over and asked one guy what all this drool was on his car, and <laughs> here was David walking away. <laughs> all right. Well, I want to thank you. Uh, it's I've really enjoyed this. I wish you the best in the election to the board because I think you do an incredible job, especially you hit the nail on the head with us, the uh, fact that the youth uh, of America today needs cars, and they need them badly. So David's given me a signal that we've got to put the plug in the jug. Megan, I want to thank you. Please thank your husband for uh, letting you come on this. Not that he wouldn't have, but uh, we appreciate him, too, from the fact that uh, he got you into Fords. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, thank you for having I, me, and uh, I had a lot of fun, and Hopefully someday we can do this again. I hope so. We will. Thank you, Megan. Thanks, Megan. Bye. Okay, thanks, guys. Have a great Saturday. Thank you. Bye. My name is Kyle Hayes, a motorsports student at Alfred State College. Every year, Alfred State students compete in the Great Race, which is a cross-country time endurance rally for vintage vehicles. As you can imagine, it's pretty costly. I'm asking for your help. Your donation can make it possible for these students to live their passion and promote the vintage automobile industry. Please visit our site at give.alfredstate.edu and search Great Race to learn more and help us reach our goal. Thank you. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.